Welcome to the I Like The Way You Think podcast, where we take a deeper look into the lives of three Black women as they go through life. Coming out with us, we say what you're thinking out loud and discuss all the topics you already talk about. I'm Laverne. I'm Elaine. I'm Janisha. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of the I Like The Way You Think podcast. Um, If you have not listened to last week's episode, back up, back up. You need to go and listen to it, okay? We were talking about Black love. We were talking about, you know, our experiences with relationships and stuff like that. And it's important. You know why it's important? Because we're really going to unpack a couple of things in this episode and you just need to be caught up like how you gonna be a part of the discussion and don't know what's going on don't fumble the bag go back all right um and if you did listen to last week's episode round of applause baby you can hand clap um because you know we don't want walker to sue us or whatever so anywho that was that was the lyric from a song. Why would he sue this podcast? Because I took the lyric from the song. Oh my gosh, girl. Okay. Oh, the girls who get it, get it. And the girls who don't, don't. Don't. <laughs> you barely even know that TikTok. Anyway. Okay, but I know it though. <laughs> so this week's podcast, as I mentioned to you, we're going to be talking, we're going to be delving a little bit more into love. We're going to think about like you know what is love that type of stuff but before we do I have a quote of the day and it's from James Baldwin and he is an author and an activist African-American and the quote goes like this love takes off the masks we fear we cannot live without and no we cannot live within So what does that mean to you guys? Because I, I could tell you why I chose it, but, you know, profound. It's giving full transparency. It's giving vulnerability. It's giving comfortable in my skin and comfortable in yours. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, this is PG-13, okay? Actually not, but. I'm not gonna lie, it loses me after fear. So, explanation. Do you want me to read it again or? I'm reading it. I'm just, I'm saying it loses me. So, break it down. Oh. So, love will take off the mask that we fear we cannot live without. So, you know, when, when people are like, like D said, it, it's basically about breaking down your vulnerabilities, being naked in front of people. Like, people fear those things. Like, if this person knew who I truly was, will they love me? And so um, love takes off those masks and, um, and no, we cannot live without. So, sorry, no, we cannot live within. So you're able to live within that love because you're vulnerable, because you're naked, because you're seeing the true you. Makes sense. Not the living within had to do with the mask, not with love. <laughs> Sorry. That's why I'm confused. That's why I'm I'm genuinely like I don't. It, it, uh, where is this going? <laughs> what does living within have to do with the mask? Is that what you asked? Because it says love 
love takes off the mask we fear we cannot live without right mm -hmm. so we wear these masks that we're afraid to take off and no we cannot live within because we know this mask has to be removed in order to live an authentic life so then when you're saying live within the love i'm like i thought the love i thought the living was talking about the mask well you know what you might could be right i'll always okay. accept correction that's okay that's okay um okay but then i guess person. yeah i guess the um I guess the conversation goes into like what is love or what do we understand love to be so for me you know I grew up in the church and whatnot and everybody loves to quote this text first Corinthians 13 verse 4 to 7 um I'm gonna say it but I'm gonna say it from the new living translation version because it's more digestible yeah um and it goes a little something like this Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, loses faith, sorry, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So I'm for me, we fight to not have this verse read at my vows because every time the, the union is shambles. Okay. <laughs> no, seriously. No, hear me out. How many, yes. How many times have you heard this passage read at people at weddings? And you look at the union and you're like, excuse me, the same couple that read love, love is patient, love is kind, love does not boast does not keep account of wrongs. And you see the man keeping a tally? She calm, so I added it to the tally. Yo, literally in my head. Come on. To it. Nah, 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 nah. They're not reading this passage at my wedding. I love it. It's beautiful, but not at my wedding trial. Well, you know, objectively, like 50% of marriages, you know, fail or 50% of- 50% probably recited this, this verse, right? Oh, God. I think it's the, I think that's the key, right? It's like, it's one thing to say it and it's one thing to be it. And, so and a lot of people ain't being it. I'm like, don't read it if you don't mean it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you just came and snatched up a whole group of people. I'm just, I'm just saying. So, just so you guys know, her at name on Instagram is. Because <laughs> <laughs> what they're not gonna do is come into my DMs because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, proceed. Yeah, I just, I just find that that definition of love is active. And I feel like love is a verb. That's what I understand mm -hmm. love to be. It's something that sure you're is. doing, you know. Um, it's an action. I keep saying that, but like, really, how can you love me or love something or have love for something and you don't act out on it? That's kind of weird. Love doesn't mm -hmm. give me passive vibes. Like, it's not. In, in no sense. Nope the word or the meaning or the understanding that I have of it um and mm -hmm. then speaking of that so here's a little unknown fact but back in I think elementary elementary middle school high school I've always been like a history nerd like I love history I, I loved civilization mm. I loved mm. like talking about the Greeks the Roman Empire I love talking about the world wars all those different type of things it also go with pop culture too. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason why I bring that up is because 
when we talk about love, I don't know if you guys know, but there's like four different classifications Four, yeah, four different classifications under Greek mythology or methodology. I know about all of them except the one that sounds like storage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for those who don't know, I'm talking about agape love, philia love, storage, storage love, and eros love. And I believe the most common are agape love and eros love. And the reason why agape is most common is because um, I believe it's actually in the Bible, agape, where it, it represents like a spiritual love, like the love that God has for us, unconditional love, you know, compassion, infinite empathy, those type of things. And then eros, it, you know, you might know a cousin of that word, um, erotic. Erotic. Right. And that's purely like intimate love, usually associated with like sexual passion. So um, you might even see some books are written in, in the genre erotica, that type of stuff, right? Isn't Eros love supposed to be the strongest? Um, no, actually. Well, strongest is, is relative. Let's put that out there. because The reason why like I'm saying that is because what I heard was the strongest love is the love that's by choice sort of kind of so like philia yeah it's family and all that stuff like you're you're born into those kind of love environments but in an intimate quote-unquote erotic Mm -hmm. love situation it's a daily choice so it's like i don't know i forget i forget how the person broke it down but they were saying like in in a sense eros would be the strongest because you constantly have to work on it like i don't really don't have to pick to choose my to i don't have to choose to love my mom I kind of just do, but with a partner, like daily, I'm like, whoo, mercy. I love you though. But the thing about that is that you're speaking from a place of privilege where you have a good relationship with your mom. Some people do have to love their mom. This is true. Yeah. I think the core with like familial love is the attachment is there. So it doesn't always have to be like, sometimes in like, between families there's more care than there is love so then you just feel like a natural loyalty to them Mm, right Mm -hmm. and that would be philia um or even like you see in those in those type of situations where like you've been friends with someone for so long and like you guys just don't click anymore but you guys have that loyalty because like we've been friends for so long like that type of thing Mm um (laughs) (laughs) you're lame it's it's worth um, it's worth um, no i'm laughing because denisha's laughing too and i'm like yes child. what are you guys laughing about what did you guys keep seeing about over there no we just we just resonate with the whole sometimes you just know somebody for a long time and you look at it and you're like dang the love the love ain't been here for a minute Ooh. yeah yeah but i'm sure we'll get into that more oh, when yeah. we that's, break that's, down each other that's for another day so go on teacher go on teacher teach us oh my gosh not teacher yay um (laughs) (laughs) and I guess I also wanted to talk about like how we receive love right because you know something that came out really is it recent I don't know if it's considered recent but I would say Mm -mm. for our generation it was a big emphasis on like our love languages Mm. right Mm. so we understand what love is or we have a forming idea of what love is um and we're gonna put a pin in that because we're gonna come back to that but how do we receive love right and so for those of you who are not familiar with love languages there are five 
Um, there's words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. And generally what they do is they do rank you. So between one to five, and usually your top two is how you receive love. And it can go even deeper to say like, it has something to do with the way your parents parented you or your childhood mm. or your relationships and those type of things. So ladies, what are your five love languages? What are your love languages of the five? I should say. Girl, what is this accent child? Put it away. I don't know. <laughs> hey, little negative <laughs> i ain't being negative i'm just i've never heard laverne do a british accent and woo child oh, oh i okay but that. it is so i don't know if it's it a privilege but i've heard it <laughs> okay. first of all you guys are not going to come for my accents because if we're going to come for accents i'm going to come for all your accents i have an accent so, because i respect people i'm dead but if it just happens love languages So my love languages, you actually said the top five or the top, the top two, sorry, um, which is words of affirmation is number one for me. And number two is um, acts of service. But because of the pandemic, um, I'm more receptive to gifts and hmm. I really, really value um, quality time because obviously we don't get much of that <laughs> because of the pandemic and stuff. And it's like, every time we see someone, it's like a risk that somebody's going to get sick or like just whatever. So, um, Are your top two also how you give them? You know what? Actually, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Okay. Yeah. Mine are physical touch and quality time. And I realize that it has to be coupled with intentionality. So <laughs> no way. it's okay. We're here. So I love quality time, but just being in the presence of somebody, like it's not enough. I also want to know that you want me to be there. We're actively like doing something where it's like, dang, like this was really nice. This is going to go down in one of my core memories, you know? And then with physical touch, I need to have relationship with somebody because I've been, um, I mean, I know the most recent thing that the girls would probably think in their mind is when this person tried to cuddle me and I was almost repulsed but that's not what I'm thinking of when I even think back whenever I'm touched by someone it's either I love it or I hate it depending on my feelings for you mm. so in the same way that it's my love language it's also my like it's a way that I detract from people if I have adverse feelings towards you like I do not touch me don't come in my space I don't like mm. all of that and then if I do love you I'm all hands and face hands and hair hands all like I yeah and that's also how I give I love quality time I love physical touch I don't really care for gifts and all that and words of affirmation don't mean much if you don't have actions behind it yeah that's why the um those are my top two like they're almost synonymous to each other because I need to hear the confirmation, but I also need to see the action. And I can't have either one without the other to know it's real. So, yeah. How about you, Um, Mine is quality time and access service. Those are tied. But mm -hmm. um, the third one, words of affirmation, really, <laughs> it's really up there because 
I don't know. I'm, I'm the type of person where, like, I like to spend time with my friends or family. I like to do that and my significant other. And if I'm not, I'm stressed. So you can imagine, mm-hmm. like, this pandemic has been really hard on me. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, quality time, act of service. Oh, my gosh. I like when people do things for me. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I really do. Like, yeah. I love it. It's like, you thought about me. And you did this without me asking? Yeah. You didn't even have to, but you did. I know. It's so sweet. Like, wow. You're such a sweetie. Yeah. And then then words of affirmation is just like, you know, I know I'm a pretty good person at the core. Mm -hmm. But like, when when you speak life into me and when you talk about like, all these things like yes gas my head a bit because like i'm bomb.com but like i'm glad that you know i'm bomb.com so like yeah oh, i like same. that mm-hmm. Same. Mm-hmm. Same. i feel like i have not a love i don't want to say hate but i have like a really odd relationship with physical touch because it's not my go-to mm-hmm. uh to solidify anything for me but once i'm very comfortable i don't know why like physical touch to me I usually use that for like my familial relationships or my significant other like that's usually once I get comfortable then I that's when I'm more open to that but I don't know why it's not like a it's not something that I would use in like friendships I don't know it's interesting because for me I think the reason why I love physical touch so much is because I didn't get much of it from my family. So Ooh. when I'm with my best friend, oh my, good luck separating us. And she's married. It'll be me, <laughs> her, and her husband. And I'm all up on her like I'm her lover. But whatever, know your place, okay? But um, I think it kind of has to do with the, the fact that I was- his place. <laughs> yes, he should know his place. I was there first, all right? Mm-hmm. Moving on. To become one. I think- um, I, I could be touching up on him too if they want, but that ain't the kind of union they trying to be a part. Of. So, it's just I mean, life. Let's let's be real, okay? I I could I could change my ways. We could be a threesome. It's cool. So what I was trying to say was uh, low key. That's I how think you get down. That I, that's how you get down. That's how I could get down. If I'm gonna talk about it, I'm gonna be about it. Okay. <laughs> Why is Denisha dying? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's the basis for me. <laughs> so sorry to the listeners. Y'all oh can't my see my facial expressions um, or Laverne's. Um, but it's not even necessarily that it was deprived in the fact that my family would not touch each other. But it, we're just not inclined to be like, oh, hug, oh, kisses, oh, you know, but mm. I, I've always wanted that. I'm a tactile person. I'm a visual learner. I love to touch things, feel things, to learn and understand them. And that's how I feel the most connected. Mm-hmm. It's weird too that even as I get older, although that wasn't something that was strong in my family, when I do visit my brother, oh my gosh, the man has to tell me a story while like sitting on me. Why? <laughs> Why must you sit? Why must you sit? But I'm like, I feel like we're the same. Me and my brother are honestly twins, just born seven years apart. But mm-hmm. oh, wow, yeah, seven. like we, yeah, seven. Mm-hmm. Seven years my senior. But 
he's the same, like quality time, physical touch. Like that means a lot to my family, even though familially we don't do that. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find I find that it's interesting that you guys loop that because quality of time is my like my number one. Actually, it's tied, but just for the point, um, <laughs> quality of time is my number one. But I also feel like I didn't get a lot of quality time with my parents because they weren't mm. working all the time. Like mm-hmm. they were working. My mom at one point she was working three jobs. My dad, he was an entrepreneur, so he, sometimes he'd leave at like seven. Sometimes he'll get in at like eleven p.m., one o'clock, those type of things. Um, and my sister, she, um, she would she would be there, but she'd be at work because she's older than me. So it'd mm. be like, oh my goodness, I didn't really get a lot of quality time. I guess that's why I love Sabbath so much because I had that time with my family. Um, but it's also interesting to me because I also mentioned that acts of service is my tied with quality time, right? And the thing is, my parents may not have always been around as much as I wanted them to, but acts of service, they really showed up. Like they would do things for me and Mm -hmm. I appreciated that. So I find that also in the way that my parents parented, what they lacked and what they what they showed up with are is the combination of my love languages that is so true because same we had a lot of quality time as a family but not a lot of physical touch yet those are my two tops that's so interesting my lowest is physical touch but my family is very touchy (laughs) like where they're like yeah it's not funny like we'll see each other and it's the it's the double kiss on the cheek it's the hugging it's the just like putting your hand on or like your leg on each I don't know yeah that's so interesting I always thought I had a problem with physical touch but I guess it's just not something that necessarily lacked I guess in my childhood so if anyone's a developmental psychologist you break this down for us we want to know why that yeah the funny thing about it is too Mm. is that there are times when all five are my love language like all of course so like I know some people be like no I don't want to receive gifts whatsoever no I actually like Uh, gifts. uh, I I like a good gift. (laughs) Especially one that's sentimental. That's such a binary way of thinking. What? That because it's not your top, you don't want it? Yeah, like some people like that. Some people are like that. And like um like my partner, he is he his his is physical touch. And so physical touch is probably my last one, I think. And I've had to adjust Ooh. myself because it's his first. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just interesting to see how that really works out that way. And us connecting it to our parents and stuff like that, because I also wanted to find out like our perceptions of love, where did that come from? And what did you see from your parents? What did you see from the media? What did you see from like other external factors, maybe from church or from friendships like what did you see well I'll start with church so with physical touch since we're already on that topic um yeah (laughs) because I reserved physical touch to family and very deep intimate relationships because I found that a lot of guys the way that they would mainly show their attraction to me is by touching me but 
and it doesn't even have to be like the whole body's on me or their whole hands are on me, but it could be like, we're sitting down and like, they're making sure that our knees are touching or like, I don't know, it's just like little things like that where that's them showing me that they're into me. But to me, that's so ambiguous because you could be attracted to me. Like, I don't know what that means. Like I need communication yeah. and then action on top of that. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't compute for me. Um, and so, and then in friendships, I guess it never really computed to me to like use physical touch so much in my friendships um, because I got it at home um, or whatever. I and then I also cannot tell you guys the last time Denisha hugged me. I don't even think she did. Yelaine, Yelaine, Yelaine. Think, 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 think. I don't keep tallies. She said, I don't keep tallies. I don't keep tallies. When, when did Denisha ever hug any of us? Yeah, Wendy. When? Guys, when I see you, I'll give you a big hug. Girl, I don't want it now. Now it's coerced. No, it's not coerced. Mm-hmm. You guys want to hug for me? That's so sweet. No, I don't. Now I just, I don't even want to. Okay, it's on record. It's on record. Elaine doesn't want to hug for me. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Anywho. Um, but church is actually what made me realize my love and hate relationship with physical touch because I didn't get the concept of strangers hugging you that actually never competed in my mind ever <laughs> never a day in yeah. my life did it compute to me can we back up a bit in the church yeah give them some context give them some context in terms of what like what in terms of you were you weren't raised in the church so yeah. like oh oh you. yes but yes, to yes. us it's like girl what happy sabbath oh <laughs> yeah that was so weird to me yeah so because i wasn't raised in the church um when i did start going to church when i was like by myself on my own will i think i was like 20 or 21 and so when i went to the church every sabbath it was like happy sabbath and it was a whole big arm thing and I was just like oh then I'm gonna get really small and like this is really weird like this is so awkward and then eventually I would like try to get with it and then sometimes some people might be getting too comfortable and then it just made me uncomfortable all over again and so then I just had this boundary of like I just don't want you hugging me at all like I don't know it was a weird thing can I speak to that please do okay I know we're going to talk about like church hurt and scorn and all that stuff later, eventually. Oh, God. Oh, God. In the far future. <laughs> but when we talk about like physical touch, that is something that I'm super hypersensitive about because, you know, I'm yes. about women and all that stuff. And in the church, there are a lot of abuse that gets swept under the rug. Yeah. So things that make me uncomfortable mm. is, um, is that element of church culture where, well, specifically I could say the SDA culture because that's what I'm talking about, um, where they allow people to just, you know, the hugs when you're coming through the door, you know, you're, you're greeted, you might be hugged. Um, and then sometimes it's opposite sex. People are, men are uh, hugging women. Sometimes even the women are hugging other women and the men are hugging other men in a way that makes people uncomfortable. And I feel like a lot of times social cues are not picked up. Like, okay, I'm hugging Denisha and Denisha is squirming. Why am I still hugging her? Or why am I continuously yeah. hugging her with the expectation to make her comfortable when it's very clear she's uncomfortable? I can extend mm-hmm. my hand and do a handshake, but no, I prefer to do a hug 
because that is what culture dictates to me or church culture that's dictates true. to me is appropriate. So that's why it's problematic. I, I do agree. And I don't want to say, but, but, you but are. it's also not a, no, no, no. It's also not an add on, mm-hmm. but to expand further for me, it's a little, it's a little difficult because I was raised in a church where we came from the same place. So mm. most of us okay. started off as family. So then there's this whole, I mean, and don't get me wrong. You can, <laughs> there could still be violence from family members. So that's a confusion in its own self. But like, there's this expectation when you are related to somebody to kind of put away your comfortabilities, quote unquote, to appease an elder or an elder as in somebody older than you, not like the position in church, um, to appease your aunt, your uncle, your whatnot, right? And then when the church expands, so if I'm speaking personally, it started off with a small group of people that we all knew and came to Canada with. And obviously it expanded to people that I do not know. There was that, that, that culture of this is family carried on to people I didn't even know. So now it's a mixture of the church culture of, listen, it's the Sabbath, we're happy, we're joyful, we're supposed to be, oh, hi, 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 whatever. And then added on, it started off as a group of family members starting off this church. So like, I always had the confusion of, I really don't want to be physical with y'all, but you're literally my cousin, you're literally my aunt, but this is also still church and I'm uncomfortable. It was all kinds of confusion. That is so fascinating because I think that would be the expectation at Laverne and I's church too. So like Laverne and our friends. Something before I stop, before I forget. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Elaine, that comes from the fact that culturally our parents do not allow children to have autonomy over their body. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. And like that's that's what drives me crazy because sometimes you'll see a child and people, an adult will force them to hug someone or force them to talk to someone. A child is a person and it doesn't matter how old they are. If they're saying they don't want to do it, I think we need to learn to shift the culture where we can respect that because children know. Um, and sorry, before you say something, B, what this just brought up a memory that I didn't even remember until now. I think I know what you're going to say because I want to say it too. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I don't think it's the same one. No, okay. Go ahead. But what's interesting is the church that I go to or went to, sorry, um, it was heavily West Indian, Jamaican to be exact. Like maybe there's a sprinkle of other people from the West Indies, but heavily Jamaican. And the two things I want to say. One, there was this deacon when I was younger, like maybe around like eight, nine years old. And he would always hug me, but not just me, but all these women in the church. And one thing mm. hugged me that was so mm. uncomfortable. And I remember walking because my mom saw me. She walked, like I walked to her and my mom took me, dragged me back to him. He was at the front. And she said, if you ever touch my daughter like that again, I will slap you in here. Yeah. I love that. And you know, and you know what's so funny about that? He never did it again. And even now that I'm thinking about it, I've never seen him. I'm like maybe after a couple of years after that, I I didn't see him. I don't know if the term was done and went to a different church or enough people were complaining. But she was like, "No, there's no way a grown man like that should be touching my daughter like that." Um, and it wasn't even like what you would assume would be like fondled or anything. I just wasn't comfortable. I just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Which and is then, enough. Second, right, right. 
And then the second thing is, uh, while we're talking about love and we're talking about like filial love, so this is like affection and you feel loyalty to your friends and your community and those type of things. This is also something that I experience too, where I see or I have seen people in the church make people uncomfortable. And at what point are we able to call them out and say, you know, because I love you, your behavior is not right. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a memory because <laughs> I got a memory to 2019, the last time that we were in church. One, I think it might have been like the last month before everything got locked up. And you know how they always say, turn to your neighbor and do this and turn to your neighbor and do that. Yeah. Um, one time, <laughs> one time I was standing next to this guy who we all know. Um, by the by the booth in the back and um the pastor was just like yeah turn to your neighbor and give them a hug or something and I turned to him and I said you really don't have to I'd actually prefer <laughs> if you don't and then <laughs> he looks so he looks so offended he looks so offended and I'm like, no, for real, it's good. Like, it's all good. And like, he kept bringing it up all day because I guess that's just not a thing that you do in church. And the other memory that I was going to bring up was one time me and Laverne were like in the hallway ready to go into the sanctuary. And there was these two little babies. Do you remember this, Laverne? Two little babies. They could not be older than two years old. And there was a deaconess there. And <laughs> the little girl, she just like, hug her, hug her you hug her, you hug her. And the little babies are looking at each other just like, mm, I don't really want to. I love that for them. And do you know what the deaconess said to them? Mm. <laughs> She's like, you're Christian. Oh, oh. Christ like. Wow. <laughs> and me and Laura looked at each other and we're like, what? I'm like a huge concept to try to explain Christianity in that context to babes. Like, yes, yes. So anyways, I guess needless to say that we all have our own experiences with like how complex physical touch can be, especially when you say it's your love language and that like a lot of trust has to go into physical touch. Like, so, and boundaries and in respecting that and so I feel like even the concept of the five love languages should be talked about more in the church because mm -hmm. okay so if the woman wants to reduce being christ-like to physical affection what happened to acts of service because that's been lacking in the church we know that for sure quality time we don't do a y like we used to we don't do bible studies like we used to we don't have prayer meetings like we used to we don't affirm each other you know what I mean? So how have we become so narrowed in on love must equate physical affection, physical whatever, but all the other ones. And I know like, I also wanted to ask you guys a question. Um, I'll probably say it after this statement, but I know this concept is new, but we've known that love is more than just a one word answer. Right. So why now when we're defining, oh, be Christ-like, it had to do in relation with the little girls not wanting to hug each other. Like, ma'am, are you okay? And also rejecting their own personal boundaries. Cause so now what you're subliminally teaching them is put yourself to the side. Don't even yeah. consider your own feelings and cater to someone on account of this is what it looks like to be Christ. Not, not that it's actually what it is to be Christ-like. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the issue with the church is that 
everything is action based. Everything is like. Hmm? What's the issue with the church when we're supposed to be talking about love? Sorry, but, but but okay, you guys You're are right, no, church, continue. right? So I guess and a question I would have after I say my statement is that like I just wonder how that affects your personal relationships after seeing how love presents itself when it's like it should be the foundation of like basically any religion <laughs> and well, so I dissociated myself from all those people anyway so it, it don't really play much into how I see love but I do want to pose this question before this podcast ends okay mm-hmm. if the five love languages did not take them out of your mind how would you describe a way that you would want to accept love and also give love? Like, what is your definition of when Denisha is in a place of, I love this person, romantic, platonic, whatever, this is what I exude and this is what I also want to receive. And same post and Laverne, obviously. I'm very airy and very, I feel like, and this is what I was also going to say to it is outside of the love languages, before you pose the question, I was just thinking naturally humor humor is the first thing that I always go to Hmm. when it comes to love and expressing that because I think it's it's also such an intimate act or it's such an intimate function of a relationship where where you're able to be airy with someone and have jokes and like um you just know when you're around that person is always going to be a vibe it doesn't have to be something super extraordinary and that you guys have to do together but it's just being you know each other's company where you're just like I always know it's going to be a good time I always know it's going to be fun because I just love being around you and you love being around me so um I love I love humor I love like ugly laughing and snorting and like running away and like you know hitting things yeah (laughs) banging on the wall because you're just like it it's just the humor is just so sweet um and another thing for me too would be um apologies and how we deal with conflict that's always the one of the biggest things biggest signifiers to me when it comes to relationships because everything is all nice until everything is all nice and then you see how come the people really are to a relationship when it gets shaky mm-hmm. and especially if you're trying to like do life with someone for the long haul and that can be romantically that can be friendship wise you're gonna like you're gonna bump heads you're gonna have different needs and that's gonna need to be you know explained or whatever and so if now you share how you feel and you're instantly being shut down because that's not what they expected from you. I think that says a lot. So, um, yeah. I'm going to go next only because I know Laverne can wrap it all up since you're the lead host on this one. If I was to define how I would see love in terms of you, Lane, it's going to (laughs) sound... It's going to sound very hippie, but go with me. I want you to be my sunshine. (laughs) And the reason, fix your face, Laverne. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The reason being is because when I think of the sun, I think warmth, I Mm. think life, I think happiness, I think peace. And when I'm like, literally, if I'm in the car and it's like really warm, like from the sun, I'll fall asleep. Like that's how comfortable I am being in the sun, basking in the sun. I love just sitting on the beach, laying there, just soaking in the sun. So I want somebody who is my peace. I mean, not even somebody, people in general, mm-hmm. otherwise, 
I want you to be my peace. I want you to make me feel warm. I want to feel joy when I'm around you. And, and yeah. these things are things I want to reciprocate as well. I want to be comfortable enough to be vulnerable, like sleep in your presence and not be afraid, not be jittery, not be, you know, concerned about what's going to happen to me when things bump in the night. Cause hmm. I realize I'm, I feel very vulnerable at night and I don't like feeling trapped, but I can sleep around people that I'm comfortable with. It's interesting, but topic for another day. So you're comfortable yeah, with like, me, Elaine? Because we slept beside each other a lot last year. We, we did. We did. We did. <laughs> I am very comfortable. Sorry, I don't even want to ask Elaine because once my eyes shut, that's it, man. Yeah, I can't sleep around Laverne, but that's that's because of the snoring, not because I don't like her. Um, so. Laverne woke up and she's like, where are you guys? Gone. We were supposed to all sleep in the same room. Me and Denisha slept across the way, okay? Across the way. And not even Megan from. Anyways. Um, yeah, like, when I think, I think, literally, I want somebody to be my sunshine, like, you are my sunshine, mm-hmm. my only sunshine. But yeah, that's me. Okay, that's not a word. Um, yeah, I think it's encompassing a lot of what you guys said, but I guess the word for me is intentionality because if I'm trying to keep it platonic as well and family-wise, like <laughs> there will come a time when love is just not enough. It just it's, it complements yeah. other emotions or other yeah. things that you feel for that person. But mm-hmm. ultimately, like, are you my peace? Do you bring me joy? Do I feel safe with you? Can I be vulnerable? Um, those are short tell ways for me to know if I love someone because um, there's levels to this. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's levels to this, but there are some times when you don't love someone, but you like them. You understand? Mm-hmm. So um, even if even if I don't love you right now, but I like you, I'm still likely to do things for you because I want I want you to be happy. I want you to have joy. I want you to be at peace, regardless of how mm-hmm. I feel about you in that present moment. And I also feel like that is a part of love. Um, and so wrapping up now, I would love for the listeners to let us know what they think about love. Because, you know, this is, ooh, February. <laughs> the yeah. month of love. Yours. I could do this for hours. Sit and talk to you for hours. I want to give you your flowers. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. If you have a vocal coach, let us know. Oh my. Because the words, Denisha? The pitch, Denisha? I and was seeing, but I heard. but I was but I was being vulnerable and like I, I I like I was sharing this gift with you guys and you're basically telling me you don't want it. Wow. That's basically what you're telling me. Not this wow. one. <laughs> oh. I'm really with the yeah, it's, it's time to log off. It's time to log off now. This, okay, this anyway, is the second week in a row that I'm logging no, off. No, we can't end a we can't okay, end another yeah, guys, uh, podcast uh, beefing. Tell- <laughs> No, we're not beefing. I was like, well, if you were beefing, I was, you're beefing by I was and I was. I wasn't, I wasn't. Um, well, I mean, back to my original question. What do you guys, what do you guys see love as? And uh, what are your love languages? And so if you're listening and you would love to share that with us, 
please check out our anchor as well as slide in our DM um, on Instagram. And you can email us as well, iltwyt.podcast at gmail.com. So um, by the time you guys hear this, it's going to be Valentine's Day. So make sure you guys wrap it up. Be safe if that's your thing. If you're abstaining, make sure that you are really pouring into yourself and or your family and friends. You know, um, if you want to send me chocolates or whatever, uh, that's fine. I I ain't okay. 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 Give me a voucher. Um. (laughs) Oh, that'd be nice. Um. But yeah, thank you for listening, and and I like the way you think. Thank you. And I like the way you think. Oh my god. (laughs) Bye, guys.